All right, we're good. It is May 2nd. Welcome back to the Boys of Spring. I'm Ben Bellotti, joined by Peter Flaherty. It's been a while, but we're back. Pete, how are you feeling today? What's good? We're ready to talk some college baseball. Just let me know what's going on, man. Oh, man, it's been a while, but I mean, too long. so much, so too long. So much has happened in college baseball. I, I think we'll talk about the one constant, which is the team at the top, but a lot of fun stuff has happened, a lot of chaos, and I'm excited to break it all down with you as well as some high impact guys at this point in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, quick episode, uh, just agenda, if you will, we're going to do a quick little recap of what's happened so far in college baseball. It's been a pretty chaotic season a lot of guys a lot of teams that are ranked that maybe you wouldn't expect to be ranked going into the season a lot of teams that were supposed to be ranked that aren't and then um we're just going to tell you our in no order at all just the 10 guys that we think are the most impactful guys on their team or in college baseball um it might be guys that you know actually have to be in the lineup day in and day out or just guys that add a little juice um guys that are super fun to watch so i think we got a great episode for you so you know just get ready to buckle in and enjoy the ride. So let's jump right in. So uh, yeah, college baseball, it's been going down a team at the top. That's they've, you know, they've got on number one and haven't looked back since they beat Ole Miss. Tennessee has been on top. Number one, Pete, what do you think about the Tennessee? Yeah, it's been a while since we recorded, but the one thing that's stayed the same has been Tennessee's dominance. We've, we talked at length, both, you know, on our episodes and, to each other about how complete a team this is. You look at the rotation with Burns, Dolander, Drew Beam, and then their bullpen with guys like Will Mabry, Mark McLaughlin, and you can't forget about the volunteer fireman, Ben Joyce. I, I mean, it's, it's just as a complete team as you can get. I mean, baseball is so unpredictable and anyone can be anyone, but to me, it, it's just so hard to envision a team beating, you know, this, te- this Tennessee roster, in two of three games in a regional setting, a super regional setting in Omaha. I mean, they're going to be at, at volunteer stadium for the, at, at, through super regionals for sure. They're going to be the number one overall seed. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then I think there's no question that they'll cruise. It's a ballpark that they're used to playing at the ball flies. They've got hitters that are conducive to that kind of park. Um. And so I think it's just going to come down to if anyone can upset them in Omaha, if one of those teams gets really hot, everyone's going in Omaha pretty hot. So I think that's the earliest they could lose is out there. I don't, if you think differently than me, have at it, but it's hard to not call them the favorites to win it all right now. Yeah, I mean, they were in my top five uh, teams that could win it going into the season. I think they're in a lot of people's top fives, but I, no one really expected them to jump all the way to number one. And, I mean, I completely agree. There's just no way I see anyone, you know, beating them in a, a three-game set, uh, five-game set, whatever it is, um, unless they're the hottest team in the country. And I don't think anyone's going to be the hottest team in the country except Tennessee. I mean, even if their starting pitcher doesn't have a great day, the, the bullpen is just insane. I mean, Ben Joyce, I think he threw 23 pitches over 100 miles per hour today, including one that was 105.5. I mean, uh, we round up, that's 106. That's that shouldn't be humanly possible. I mean, they just have freaks of nature on their team. It's insane. Yeah, I, you know, to kind of continue on with, teams that are good and and that Tennessee team and and just thinking of who could give who could go punch for punch with these guys Oregon State's one that has also stayed the course they've stayed playing really well 
their guys, Jacob Melton, Justin Boyd, uh, Garrett Forrester. They're another team that I would say is not as complete as Tennessee. Tennessee's like a, it's like if you stacked like a Madden dynasty team and, and got everyone who's the best at their position, but um, they've got guys like Cooper Jerpy who we're talking about at length. Um, Ben Ferrer, Ben Ferrer, they have lesser, I would say loud names um, as Tennessee and they don't get as much coverage playing on the West coast, but they've played really good baseball. And then they're, I don't want to call it a drop-off, but there's a little bit of a drop-off. I, I would say I was watching Stanford tonight before we hopped on and, and their, their bullpen was just a little bit shaky and, you know, kind of, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I'm just thinking of anyone, you know, who could be there in Omaha with Tennessee. Um, I think Arkansas's won Stanford. I don't know if they have the depth to make a real run at this. And I think just at the end, it's going to come down to tenant. I, I I've got, uh, how many do I have? I'd say I've got four teams that can win the national title. I've got Tennessee, Oregon state, Arkansas, and then I've got one sleeper. I've got Virginia Tech. I, I like Virginia Tech a lot. They've yeah, I mean they've, they've been playing really well the entire year. I'd have to. I I think I completely agree. Um, maybe maybe Texas Tech over Virginia Tech. I just really like Texas Texas Tech this year. They're fun to watch. But um, one team that completely fell off was Vanderbilt. I mean, I was watching them over the weekend against Texas A and M. I mean, talk about it. the SEC is just loaded with competition. I feel like anyone beats anyone, and they're instantly the next ranked team in the low twenties. I mean, they're uh, separated by one game. A and M and Vanderbilt. Well, now now two games, but I mean, the SEC is just crazy. And Vandy just kind of really fell off without you know not a huge collapse, but not being ranked for them. It, it's a first time in a long time. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. Um, it it it's a really strange ranking like Vanderbilt's not in there. And then Ole Miss and Mississippi state. I don't want to call it a bizarre world because their usual suspects are up there. Tennessee's coming off a great year. Texas is coming off a great year. Those who would be at the top are are at the top for the most part. Obviously I'd be remiss if, if I didn't mention Southern Miss. Um, They're, they kind of laid an egg this weekend against UAB who, they don't get talked about by anybody and on paper that'll look like a bad loss because Southern Miss is ranked so highly, but UAB is a good team. The conference USA is a good conference. Um, Southern Miss is pitching first. Um, they bats wise, they've got Dickerson um, who will play up the middle for him. He's more of a contact guy. He's in a really robust three sixty. Um, and Slade Wilkes, who yeah. was the name out of high school. Um, I, I think we all know him here on the boys of spring. Um, and he's really started to harness what made him so great out of high school, which was the idea of being a four to five to a player. He's hit for power and average, which was the key. Um, I know you saw him in the NECBL last summer, um, where he also had a great year. And so they've got the pitching, no doubt with Hall, Waldrip, Don Rogers. Um, but I, I just don't know if they can they can go punch for punch with a, a Tennessee type offense. That's a brutal standard to hold anyone to. But Tennessee, Miami, even Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State, especially they they'll be able to out hit. I think a Southern Miss. I I could see them getting to Omaha, but I just don't know if they're built to win a national championship. If you think differently, I'd love to hear your take. But that's kind of where I stand on them at on May one. 
Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I I think everything you're saying is exactly true. One, one thing before we do move on, just Slade Wilkes, you mentioned him. I mean, firsthand saw him with the waves. This is someone, a guy that, you know, he's coming in, the coach texts us. He's like, just, you know, like people like line up to watch his BP for good reason. I mean, this guy's swing is just insane. It's a perfect swing. We can hit it to all fields. You know, he started to slump a little bit and then he just, you know, was like, you know what? I'm a good hitter. I'll hit it to the opposite field and get base hits. I don't need to hit homers. And then, you know, everything started clicking. And I think that's the type of roster guys that um, Southern Miss has. There's a lot of guys that, you know, will grind it out and figure it out. They don't really have too many guys that are going to dominate exactly one side of the baseball. You know, they're not everyone's going to go out there and hit 14, 20 home runs. They're going to do a little bit of everything. So that, you know, a team like that could catch fire, but I don't see how they can dominate over a team like a Tennessee or even a Miami yeah, I'm with you. And and in the tournament, I, the teams to always keep an eye on are the teams that are well-coached. Uh, Vanderbilt is always one because of their track record in Corbin. In the talent they have, they just, for some reason, they can't get really rolling how I know they want to. Um, but don't be shocked if it comes even as a two-seed and they seemingly steamroll their way to Omaha, depending on the draw. UCLA is another with John Savage. All those Pac-12 teams play a really cerebral brand of baseball. They play pro style with they'll they'll run a lot. They're really defensively sound. The Pac-12 is always really scary come tournament time. Um, and then I'd be I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how good some of the mid-majors have been. Also, you look at the Sun Belt with Georgia Southern, who was in the hosting conversation, I think until this weekend, um, they dropped a series, a, a tough one to Coastal, who's also very good. The Sun Belt as a whole is great with them, Coastal, Texas State, and even Georgia State. Texas State, I, I, I don't know. I, they're a good team for sure. Are they? Do they warrant a ranking so high? I'm not sure, but they've put together a great season. And then even the SoCon Wofford and Mercer, that's those, those are the the two big guys in the SoCon. And then it's a little bit of a fall off, but again, two really well-coached teams, Wofford and Mercer. um, They'll both make a regional. I think one will be an at-large barring anything insane. I think Wofford's more in than Mercer is, but Mercer's got a really talented roster. Um, Colby Thomas, Trayson Hughes, um, Ryan Lobis, Jackson Kelly, they're it's so tough as a mid-major they they haven't faced a ton of guys yet and being in Mercer and Georgia they're going to get a really tough draw going to a regional but they're a sleeper team where if they can if they can really pitch if they could they're going to be able to hit against anyone I think but if they can pitch and string together a few quality outings I I think that they're a team to watch and in our regional preview episode hopefully we can talk about it more but they're, they're going to be a sleeper team out of there. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where these mid-majors end up because um, I think there are a few good ones who, depending on the draw, can, you know, shock the world and even get to Omaha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think we did a great wrap up there. One, one more thing before we move on to the top players. I mean, you're talking about coach, well-coached teams. I want to know if UConn's real when it comes to tournament time because they're one of the most well-coached teams with Coach Penders in college baseball, in my opinion. And, you know, pitching factory, everyone's hitting, but the competition they're playing is not the same level as a Tennessee and Arkansas and Oregon State. So, I mean, these guys are legit. I've, you know, you watch them firsthand on all the games they play. I've seen them in person. But, 
I'm just wondering if they can actually hang with the big dogs when it's time to go. Yeah, I'm with you. That was a great point with UConn and Penders. And all they seem to do is win. They, they, they don't really blow the doors off of teams. I know they, they took Butler behind the woodshed this weekend, but they just get it done. I mean, a lot of six, three, seven, two, um, there were a couple lopsided scores this year because in college, there's just the, the scores have been outrageous, but UConn's won another team, which isn't really ranked um, by a lot of people is Rutgers. Uh, Their record is fantastic. And just talking on the coaching side, um, Steve Bowen has done an awesome job at Rutgers. He, all he does is win no matter where he is. He built up going even back to the D two days. He built up Cortland. Then he built up Lemoyne and then he built up Bryant. I mean, all he does is win, and I think he's going to be in the market for a major job. Like it, the coaching carousel this summer, I think is going to be wild. But I think he could be in the running even for a job as high profile as an Ole Miss or a Florida State, or if Link Jarrett bounces from ND to head down south, um, a Notre Dame. Because when that guy has money and facilities to recruit with, I'm very excited to see what he does. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so let's move into our top 10 impact guys, uh, not necessarily any order, but just 10 guys that we think are super impactful in college baseball, super exciting to watch. You know, we've been talking about well-coached and, you know, so let's take it over to Brooks Lee at Cal Poly. Um, I think without a doubt, he's one of the top players in college baseball. And I say well-coached because he's playing for his dad. Um, what's crazy is, you know, this guy, Brooks, Brooks is going to be drafted in 2019 out of high school. And then he, he says, you know, I'm going to go to college and play for my dad. He's a great coach, coached me my whole life. And he's been coaching the Cal Poly forever. I'm going to go play with him. Uh, meanwhile, now, 42 games later, he's in 378, eight home runs. And in uh, 42 games, he has 37 walks. Super impressive. I mean, this is a guy that is an elite defender, swings the bat from both sides. And I got to say, like, you're watching film, watching him in games, like, the power comes on both sides. It's a pretty even swing on both sides of the ball. I don't really see, like, I don't see a hole in his left side or his right side. Once I think he starts seeing more consistent um, left-handed pitching and hitting ready more, I would even say that maybe he's going to do even better. I mean, this guy's insane. What do, what do you think about Brooks Lee? I know everyone knows Brooks Lee as the top, you know, top guy in all the drafts and everything, but he's an elite talent too. Yeah, I, the – I've in my personal mock draft in my mind, there's not a player I would take in this entire country and draft class over Brooksley. Um, we talk about the ability you touched on it perfectly. He's a high impact, high power guy from both sides of the plate. He's going to be able to stick on the left side of the infield. The numbers are like, he's playing on rookie mode. So, I mean, we don't need yeah. to keep talking. It's just ridiculous. And I, the one separator with him and it's so rare nowadays at the collegiate level and the amateur level is his makeup and his motivation. If you look at him, um, even last summer, well, the last two summers are perfect examples. Last year plays in the Cape with YD Yarmouth Dennis um, does incredibly well and gets an invite to the team USA collegiate national team. Um, and now a lot of the time for the listeners that don't know you if you get an invite to the collegiate national team and you go, you oftentimes just shut it down for the summer. And that's, that's perfectly fine and all well and good. Um, so, but Brooks starts on June one on the Cape 
goes down at the end of the month to play for Team USA and then comes back to finish out on the Cape, which is unbelievable for anyone, but a player of his draft stock and the reputation he has in the industry is just unbelievable. And then bouncing back to 2020, um, obviously Corona hits, the, it decimates you know, the, the summer baseball landscape. There was no Cape, no NECBL. Um, there were a few leagues just around the country and they were kind of getting whoever was comfortable with playing, um, following all the protocols, whatever Brooks Lee lives in California. Um, and he goes out to the Northwoods league, which is the mid upper Midwest and lower Canada, um, to play with the Wilmar stingers in the middle of like prime pandemic time. He's an absolute nutcase in the best way. Not only does he go out there and play, which is admirable enough, he goes out and hits like three twenty. So long story short, Brooks Lee has the makeup of a big leaguer. Um, I know when he talks about the draft, he couldn't care less in the best way. Um, all he wants to do is get up to the big leagues and win. And, I mean, he's not going to be satisfied until he reaches his personal goals of, of being a Hall of Famer, which he will. 100. I, I think he has that ceiling. I'm, I'm bullish on him. It's crazy to call, you know, slap that label on a kid at this stage. But I'm all in on Brooks Lee. Yeah, I think it's hard not to be. Um, and I think you said everything perfectly. I mean, his kid's work ethic, it's its like no other, his ambition to play. And, you know, you take notice of that. That's a guy you want in your program, um, not only in college, but in, you know, the farm system and MLB. And that, that's a big reason why, aside from his talent, why he's going to be number one, number two overall in this uh, upcoming draft when he's ready. So uh, yeah. let's move on. Who's Who's your guy? Oh man, I'm trying. It's tough to follow up Brooks Lee. That's a great one, but I'll stick with a big time bat on the left side of the infield. And I'll say Jake Geloff from UVA. Um, he's a player who at the beginning of the year, he was in that home run race with Tommy white. Um, they were going, you know, Tommy White would hit two. Jake would hit three. Tommy White would hit one. Jake would hit two. And I'm not speaking hyperbolically that I'm pretty sure that's how it shook out. Yeah, but no, exactly. It went out. <laughs> it's insane, but no, Jake's been sustained incredible production over the year. Um, he's been awesome for UVA. He's, he's their guy. He's got 17 jacks, 15 doubles sitting close to 400. And it's easy. I wouldn't, it's never easy to, to, to do, I would say to really anything in baseball at a high level, but, it's easy to kind of put up numbers like video game esque numbers against lesser competition before Virginia kind of gets into their ACC slate. So people were wondering about Jake and how he'd do in the ACC and he's stuck right with it and performed just as well, if not better um, as he was in the beginning of the year, he's hitting again, 390, 17 bombs and he's going to be the, the catalyst for them and, 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 be the main reason why I think they've got a good postseason run and he's probably going to play for team USA this summer. Yeah. I mean, he's just a dog. I mean, and only a sophomore too. I mean, scary. That, that UVA scary. team is going to be really good in 23. They've got an awesome group of underclassmen. Yeah. I, they're, they're up there in the rankings for a reason. Um, it's my number two guy. I'm a big catching guy. For those, of you know, I love catching. Um, and I think Georgia Tech's catcher, Kevin Parada, is one of my favorite players to watch in baseball. I mean, the stats speak for themselves as a catcher. He's hitting 350 with 23 home runs, um, one of the best bats on Georgia Tech. Um, and, you know, he's not the best 
he's a he's a very good defensive blocker and receiver, very good catcher, but he's not the best thrower. Uh, he still needs to learn to call the game. But I'm really not worried about that. I don't think his coaches at Georgia Tech are either because you listen to him talk about catching. I mean, at a young age, his mom tried to convince him not to catch. She's like, you don't want to catch. You're gonna you're gonna block one ball and instantly regret it. And the exact opposite happens. He just fell in love with the position. Um, and that's exactly what you need to be a catcher is to be in love with the position because you need that work ethic. You need to like getting down and dirty, getting beat up every single game. And that's exactly what he does. And I mean, inspirations like for him are Buster Posey, um, just guys that are absolute units on the catching side and the hitting side. And that's pretty much what he's been doing this entire year. And another thing about him, I mean, his, his stance is just crazy. I mean, bat starts completely behind him and, and instantly just bat speed. I don't know how he gets it out there, but he's just so fun to watch. I, I love watching him and, and Georgia Tech is the catching factory and it's going to continue with Kevin Barada. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what else I've got to say. He leads the country with 23 bombs. He's hitting three, I think 380 as of today. I, I tried to get on, check before I got on, but he has a real chance at 100 RBIs, and what he's doing is really special. Um, and all I'll say is the draft is going to be really interesting because Parada, the knock on him was always centered around his defense kind of how he would do behind the plate and there's obviously work to be done um just uh, he's not a finished product yet as a catcher um but to be one one he was gonna have to really really hit was the notion that i got and really really hitting what i think to describe this season would be doing him a disservice um he's like i said he may end up with 30 home runs and 100 rbis which I should have checked before I got on, but I have no idea when the last time that happened was. Um, it's got to be the first time in a really long time. So, I, again, he's a guy who's also in the 1-1 discussion for the draft, I think, and he's the best catcher in college baseball. Yeah, the catching factory, best catcher in baseball. I think if he's not – I think it's going to be Brooks Lee, Kevin Parada type of, type of draft, 1-2. Yeah. Well, you went with a catcher, so I think it's only fair that I go with a pitcher. And my favorite pitcher so far, um, other than maybe one of the guys you're going to name, uh, is Cooper Jerpy out of Oregon State. Um, he's He's been their guy on Friday nights for a couple of seasons now, and he is a, a lefty. He's got a really unique slot, and it, it – it, it's what makes him so tough to hit is he releases it, you know, so low and it's almost, it's a low three quarters borderline sidearm delivery and the fastball just explodes on hitters. It'll be 94 to 97 with a absolute wipeout slider. Um, and he's just a joy to watch pitch. If, if you turn on Oregon state, for those of us on the East coast at 10 PM on a Friday night, it's borderline appointment television or streaming um, because you look at him and it's, and it's just, you can't help but think this is what it looks like. This is what a big league pitcher looks like. He's got command of, of multiple pitches. He has multiple plus pitches and he just mows through hitters. It like mows through high quality lineups. The, the performance that stood out to me most was uh, I think a month ago um against Stanford which is now a top 10 team in the country where he went eight shutout struck out 17 and that's a good Stanford lineup with 
their whole lineup, it would not be unfair to call it a, they're all draft prospects. Um, whether it be 2022, 2023 or 2024, but no, it, it's special every time he takes the mound. And I, he's the best healthy starting pitcher in college baseball in my mind. Yeah. I honestly would have to agree with that. I mean, and what's crazy to me is just the arm slot he pitches at. It's, it's insane. It's like, you know, he's throwing 92, 93, 94, but coming in from that arm arm slot with the upward movement, the the illusion of the upward movement, it's got to look like 97 of these guys. It's just not fair from the left side. Yeah. And um, so I think I'm going to stick on the same exact track uh, you alluded to him, uh, Parker Messick, Florida State. Absolutely, you know, if Cooper's your favorite pitcher, Parker is mine. I've loved him since, you know, he stepped foot on that mound. Um, you know, for me, watching college baseball, the, one of my favorite guys were Jack Lager and Parker Messick. I mean, Messick, you know, really similar uh, to, to Cooper IG, but um, a little a little bit, he's smaller. But, I mean, 2-6 area on the season, in just under 70 innings pitch, he has 116 strikeouts. And much like Cooper, uh, Cooper has 13 walks, I think. Parker only has 12 walks. I mean, just elite command. Um, he's pretty much uh, pretty much close to the same arsenal. Um, but the, he's got the fastball and elite strikeout changeup that he throws for strikes, doesn't walk guys on it. So he's a fastball changeup slider and great arsenal. Uh, pitches with insane emotion, which I think is so important now in today's college baseball game when you're trying to combat all these guys just in absolute nukes. Um so pitching with emotion, just a little fireball on the mound. I mean, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, that that last point is one of the re, one of the many reasons um, I like watching him pitch. He, he's got the attitude of "I'm better than you, and I know it," and yeah. it's in a productive way. He's just like he doesn't care who you are, who he's facing, righty lefty, no matter how clouded up the kid is, whatever. He's just in attack mode all the time, and you describe him so perfectly. So. Um, with that said, I'll, I'll get into my next guy and it's none other than Sonny D Sonny Deshara over at Auburn. And he's been unbelievable. He's, he transferred from Sanford. He is, he's just an awesome guy to watch. You look at him over at first base. He's a bigger kid. Uh, I think he's listed at six, one, like two sixty five. So it's just, he's, he's a big boy and he just destroyed pulverizes baseballs pulverizes baseball they last night i was watching tennessee auburn and i mean it, it the ball jumps off of his bat and so the reason i've got him on here is he's an older guy he's been in college a little bit that's not one of the reasons i've got him on here but his numbers are are bonkers he's hitting 450 15 doubles, 13 home runs, way more walks than Case. His on-base percentage at one point going into this weekend was above 600. And Jeez. that's not – that sounds like something you get at, like, at the JUCO level where there's always one kid who's hitting, like, 500 with 28 home runs and a 700 OBP. But this kid's playing SEC baseball. And so for the top 10 college baseball players right now, he's he's absolutely in there for me. And – I'd be doing a disservice not to mention him. And he's, he's the reason why that Auburn offense goes and they've got two great Sam Samford guys um, with Brooks Carlson and, and Sonny D, but no Sonny D just a big country boy who can, who just eats baseballs for breakfast. And that's, that's why he's on there for me. 
Eating baseballs for breakfast is the perfect way to describe him. I mean, he literally looks like he eats baseballs for breakfast, and then he goes on the field and just absolutely mashes. It, it that's he's amazing, Sonny D, baby. Oh, oh yeah, another guy, absolute tank. Loves hitting tanks. I, I can't not mention the self-proclaimed Hispanic Titanic Ivan Melendez from Texas. A uh, little first base, a little DH. Dude, it's in over 400 this year, 412 with 22 jacks. And he's also another guy who loves to walk. 37 walks. That, and these guys are walking and hitting home runs. It's insane. I mean, that's what the Red Sox need to do right now. I mean, come on. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Ivan Melendez, it's some of the craziest home runs we've ever seen. Some of the clutchest home runs and some of the farthest home runs. Um, he stays back on the ball and just absolutely drives it. The ball explodes off his bat like literally no one I've ever seen before. It's pretty insane. And I really think the only thing you can talk about with him is just his ability to hit. I don't really know if he can bring much else, you know, stick him at first base, stick him a designated hitter. You know, you got it in both leagues now and uh, MLB who, who needs a defensive player when you can just put Ivan Melendez in the DH spot and let him just mash away, hit for contact and power. This dude, Hispanic Titanic, self-proclaimed. <laughs> He's the man. He's he's a lot similar to Sonny Deshara where they're just righty hitter, just insane natural strength, light tower power. And yeah, like you mentioned, the underrated part about these guys is they can actually they're they've got they're they're good hitters, meaning of course they're good hitters. They've got you know, thirty-five plus home runs between the two, but they hit for average too, and they move the baseball in really good conferences. So I I think that's an underappreciated part of their game. Um who it's for, who it's over four sorry who it's for no. who it's over four hundred and still has over thirty five walks too. I mean crazy. The Hispanic Titanic and Sunny that, D do. That's that's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> that's why we got him. That's why we got him. Uh, All right. My second to last guy, I'll I'll switch gears a little bit to the ACC and to an underclassman who's a sophomore. Uh Jack Hurley out of Virginia Tech. Lefty outfielder, he is a sick athlete. They've got it. They've had him play center. He can play all three outfield positions. Um, but he's a little, I don't want to say little, but he's six feet, like 190, I think is what he's on the roster. But he plays really big. He's a physical hitter. Um, he's got insane hand speed and insane feel for the barrel. I, I watched him down in North Carolina and he can just, he literally just flicks baseballs and they go out to the opposite field. I mean, he's, I, he's a really, really special player and the next year's draft is so far away, but I mean, he, he's got such a good sense of the strike zone. He's got a great feel for the barrel. He can run. He's another guy. He's sitting over 420 doubles, 11 jacks. Um, he, and he, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere for a freshman. He had a good season in the ACC, but exploding onto the scene like this was something that I, I certainly didn't foresee. And he's another guy like Jake who will play on team USA this summer. I think um, if this doesn't warrant an invitation, I don't know what does, but no, he's, he's a really fun player to watch. He plays the game hard. Again, the power is deceptive because you look at his frame and it's six feet tall, hundred one ninety, which is a pretty standard frame for a collegiate athlete, but the power that he possesses is unbelievable. And, and, and anyone listening to this who wants to watch him play, watch him play and you'll see his hands work and, and you'll see the power he's got, but also Virginia tech is a team. They're really, they're really exciting to watch and they play fast and exciting. So 
that's my second to last guy. I'm interested to see who you've got. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a toss up between, you know, Ryan Miller, our other co-host favorite player in baseball and his, uh, his partner in crime. It's between Dylan Cruz and Jacob Berry. And I had to go with Jacob Berry. I think, you know, his bat speed is some of the best bat speed I've ever seen watching a guy hit. Um, he can play pretty much, you know, in third base outfield, put him wherever he'll get it done. Um, he's not going to, you know, he might wow you a couple plays, but he's not going to overly well, but he's going to get the job done, but he's going to hit, he's going to hit for average. It's in about 360, 359 on the season. He's got some pops, 14 home runs. So right in the middle of the pack with everyone else, everyone else that's considered a power header. Um, but he kind of reminds me of like Austin Martin, just with a little bit more power. And I think if you can be Austin Martin with more power, I think that's a really good thing to be. And I think for LSU, he's been that great spark plug that can do pretty much everything for you. And, you know, if Dylan Cruz can't get it done, Jacob Berry's right there. He gets it done. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. you. You summarize that perfectly. And LSU, they've, they've got bats on bats and, and so many. And he's, he's, he's one of their best. So um, my last guy is another guy who has more than earned his not self-proclaimed nickname, but Ivan can tell himself whatever he wants. No, <laughs> one, no one will tell him otherwise, but um, Tommy tanks over at NC state um, the national sensation, still the national sensation, but, you want to talk about exploding onto the scene. I, he quite literally did that where I, he hit, I think five home runs in the opening weekend. Just everyone was like, Oh, he's playing Evansville. Oh, he's playing high point. They just kept making excuses for why his numbers were not, you know, we're not going to last. And obviously no one's going to hit 600 for the season, but yeah. he's done nothing but absolutely bang in the ACC too. He's got 19 home runs sprinted past the, um, NC State freshman home run record, I think two weeks ago, and he's still got four series left. He's already got 20, he's got 19 home runs, excuse me, but 25 obviously is well within reach. The With how he gets them in bunches, he hit five that week with High Point in Louisville. Um, I wouldn't say 30 is even out of the realm of possibility with how the ball flies at NC State and again, his ability to hit them in bunches. So He's a guy, he doesn't only hit for average. He's another one that his hand speed is and bat speed that he develops is unbelievable. He really, the barrel just whips through the strike zone. He's on plane for so long and he's an all fields hitter. He hit, he can hit to, I I wouldn't say he necessarily goes backside a lot to right field, but he'll spray, he'll go right center all the way down the line and left to where he's putting balls out of the park, which for anyone in college is impressive, but as a true freshman to have that ability is incredible. So for him, the season that he's having, he's going to probably win ACC freshman and ACC, ooh, ACC player of the year. He's got Jack Hurley there, but ACC mm-hmm. freshman of the year is his. And um, I'm looking forward to see, to seeing the, uh, to the finale of his show for the regular season. And and I think it'll be a good yeah. one. I mean, he, he, I, I, you said everything perfectly. I mean, who would have thought he would have just kept doing exactly what he was doing, but he did. And I, I think as he goes on, he's had, he's had more multi-hit games than anyone's expected him to. Um, the home runs, like you said, come in bunches. And he just, it doesn't matter who he's playing. He's going to hit. He's going to, if it's not a home run, he'll hit a double. If it's not a double, right. he's fine with a single. I mean, it's really, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think it is a he player of the year 
conference player of the year might be in consideration. I, I, I think you, I think, you know, Hurley is going to take it, but uh, Tommy white, man, Tommy tanks, the nickname guys really, really are the ones that kill in college baseball. Yeah. And I've and one honorable mention also in the ACC is a relief pitcher, Andrew Walters out of Miami, 24 and two thirds. He's the best closer in the country, 24 and two thirds innings. 49 K is four walks, only one earned run. Um, he just, he strikes almost literally everyone out and he's the best relief pitcher in the country. So I, I feel like I should show him love. He's going to be top five round draft pick and runs it up to 99 and he just blows everybody away. So he's my honorable mention. I, I'll have to throw an honorable mention out there too. Then um, I don't know if I'd call him one of the top 10 impact players, but just someone that's absolutely insane. I've talked about him before. Uh, Zach Neto. I mean, you know, the, just a great all around all American shortstop. Uh, he's in over 360. He's got seven, you know, seven tanks too. He has a little bit of pop. Going to be a great defensive infielder. And if you need him to, he'll get on the bump too. Throw a little heat down there. Close out a couple of games. So just Campbell University shout out right there, man. They, they, yeah. know, they know how to develop players. Roll humps and Zach, Zach's an awesome kid and he's a freaking spark plug and, and he's just a winner. So whoever drafts him is, is, is going to get really lucky. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was our top 10 impact players along with a little recap, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be back a lot more, more frequently, um, especially, you know, keep looking out in the summer. I think we're going to have a lot of unique opportunities for content as well. Um, you know, you and Ryan will be in the Cape. I'll be in the NACBL. We're going to have a lot of opportunities to be with top players. Maybe that's interviews or just seeing clips on social. There's a lot more to come. So just look forward to that. Um, any closing thoughts on your end, Pete? No, one, it's great to get back on the mic with you. I'm, I'm fired up to get this rolling again. We'll be back on a weekly basis. Um, Oh, my, I would always give a player to watch. I'll, I'll switch the tune because each series is becoming more meaningful. I'll give two series to watch both in the SEC. I'll go Arkansas, Auburn and Vanderbilt, Georgia. Those will be, I think two of the better series this weekend. I'll be watching. Hope everyone else is too. So thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at boys of spring JB follow just baseball, YouTube, uh, just baseball fans, Instagram, TikTok, all that, you know, you know where you can find us. So uh, thanks for listening. It's been a great show. We'll see you next time. See you guys.